Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Hey, Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV. <laughs> Not KJV TV. KJV Cafe. I don't know what I was saying. Hopefully you're doing good. Okay. We're going to get through this together, friend. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I'm just so thankful to be here today. Blessed to be uh, have this opportunity to study the God's word with you. As promised, this episode, we are focusing completely on this proposition that God has made man in Genesis chapter 2. And uh, I'm just going to read the verses here, and then we're just going to dive right in. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. All right, so what's God talking about? We have not but the second chapter of the Bible, not but... Verse 16, I say kind of midway or so, a little bit further than midway through chapter 2, we have God telling Adam, who he's just created, and we don't know how quickly this all this could have gone over a year or a hundred years, we don't know, but he creates Adam, Adam's there, and says, hey, here's the deal. There's this garden, and it is lush. I mean, it's every good tree's in here, every good thing, because think about it, God's perfect. He gives every good thing. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God, amen? And there is no variableness or shadow of turning. He, that's all he can do. You see God's goodness in your life, guess what? It's not just for you. He's good in the lives of all that turn to him. And his own creation, is the very first man you know, he's blessing him left, right, and center. It says, you got everything in here you could ever need. I mean, the best fruit. I've been eating a lot of grapefruits lately. I got a juicer, and I've been juicing these things, and it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. I love it. Absolutely love it. And I'm like, man, what tastes like a grapefruit? Or you get pomegranate juice. You're like, what tastes like this? You know, my kids, my daughter loves watermelon. I mean, like people, food scientists could spend their entire lives trying to develop taste like these items and they can never come close. You know, they just give up and start including these items in their creations. That's all they can do. You know, God's creation, God's providence, his provision those things that God has guided us to and provided us with are the very best things. Amen. The very best. You know, it's just, it doesn't get better than what God's given us. And Adam had it all. And God says, look, here's the deal, friend. You're in paradise. You have all you need. And I'm going to give you a job. I'm going to tell you to dress this and to keep this. That means take care of it, prune it, you know, water it if you have to from those river, from that river. Do what you got to do to make sure this is right and kept up. But by the way, while you're at work, don't eat of this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, I don't know how many trees are in the garden, okay? I have to think that there was a lot. Verse 9 says, out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. That sounds like a lot of trees. And good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there's probably a fair bit of variety there. I mean, I just think that God is perfect and said, I'm going to do this. But by the way, 
you need to tend to this garden and, and don't you go over and do that. And if you've ever had a teenager, you know what it's like when you say not to do something, <laughs> you know, tell them not to do it and they're going to want to do it, which is really difficult because then if you tell them not to do it, wouldn't they just do it anyway? Anyways, I don't know. Any, maybe someone could tell me. We can figure out the Bible, but only God knows how to figure out these teenagers. Anyways, going on, same message here, Garden of Eden, refocus. Okay. When we're in the Garden of Eden, what are we doing? We are enjoying God's creation. It's paradise. That's what Eden means. Luxury, paradise, perfect. We're there. God says, don't eat of this one tree. And by the way, work around that tree. All right. And what, what, what we see here is, as you know, man falls into sin. And when we come back from this break, we're going to look at what we're prone to do through the scriptures, what we're prone to do when we fall into sin. Stay tuned. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. All right. Amen. We're back. And so what does it mean that we have all of these beautiful blessings from God and yet the one thing we're not supposed to do, we end up doing it? Well, here are a couple of verses from the New Testament. Just a couple. I mean, the New Testament, really the whole Bible is full of verses that help us to understand this concept. But 1 John 2.16 is a great one. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Think about it. Adam and Eve in the garden, looking at that tree. They can have every other tree, but that tree they can't have. What happens? Lust enters the picture. Not a godly feeling, not something that we should be doing, but the, 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 the natural man, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, you know, so you have the flesh is desiring that taste of that fruit and the, 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 the deliciousness of it and, and the ability to do it and get it, you know, when no one else says that you can't. The lust of the eyes desiring, uh, you know, the opportunity to go do it looking at the pride of life, the idea that, like the devil said, you'll be like God, you know, so the pride creeps in. You know, how dare someone say, I can't do that? You know, it's like a um, rebellious child. You know, you tell a child to do something and they say, how dare you tell me to do that? I won't do that. It is rebellion that is in man. And we see in 1 John two sixteen, this is not of the father, but it's of the world. And so we see that just as then in the Garden of Eden, there was temptation placed in front of them and the serpent tricked them, but they certainly, serpent didn't force them to eat it and shove it in their mouth. They did it willingly because God gave them free will. That in this world today, we are surrounded by opportunities to fall into sin. Okay? Think about it. Think about all the opportunities that you have. If you have a cell phone, you could immediately fall into every grievous sin I can think of. You probably can gamble on there, watch something you shouldn't, buy something you shouldn't, say something you shouldn't. I mean, what could you not do? It's in your pocket. It's right there. Go on the road and let someone cut you off or tailgate you or, you know, go to a busy store. And, and you see the weight of sin in this world. I see it every single day. And we took our kids to a little craft thing today. It's the weekend and we took them to a craft thing and we saw some people there we know. And you see that, this, that, that you know, you could just see this long looks, you know, people are tired and beaten down. 
we were at a, uh, a, a place about a week ago, I would say a little less than a week ago. And there was like this line and people were fighting in the line and there, you know, this guy was yelling and I just looked at him like, what the, I mean, it was just a silly line, you know, and it, he wasn't yelling at me. He was yelling at someone else, but I just looked at him like, man, this is, this is not good. Like we shouldn't treat people like this, you know? Um, there's other stories I was thinking it was, I think I've told this one before, but I was dropping a package off at a, a shipping center and there was a man trying to use a printer and there was a clerk yelling at him. And when he told her, Hey, just please lower your voice. She stormed off. And you know, the weight of sin, you know, the, 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 the price of sin is so heavy on this world and we see it every single day. And Galatians 5, 16 through 17 tells us, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. So Paul's writing here in Galatians that, look, you know what? Just as Adam and Eve looked at that fruit and said, let me make up my mind, and do what I want to do, and then had to pay the dear price for it. You are doing the same thing if you're falling into sin. You have to walk in the Spirit. If Adam had said, dear Lord, you created this beautiful garden, you gave me the opportunity to dress this garden, you've been so good to me, dear Lord, uh, I know you said don't eat of this tree because I'll surely draw, die, and I'm feeling a little bit tempted here, Lord. Could you please let me know and just clarify that like, I really should not go near this tree? Do you think that Adam had this conversation with God? No, he didn't, because God would have surely, in his mercy, said, look, Adam, I love you, and I don't want you to go down this road. I don't want sin to enter the world. You have an opportunity here to withstand this, and I'll give you the strength to withstand it, right? You know, that, that's what's so uh, just unbelievable about life is we know better, right? And yet we still fall into sin. Uh, there's no temptation that's, co that's not common to man, Amen. That's another great verse. And I'm going to get to the root of all this in a second. First uh, Corinthians 10, 13, another Pauline epistle here. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with all the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. See, God's faithful. If we'll just turn to him, he's not going to force us. But if we just turn to him, he's faithful. I don't know about you, but what one thing I do, if I see temptation coming on in any form, whether it's temptation to covet, whether it's any other temptation, and if you don't think the preacher's uh, tempted day in and day out, then wake up, they are. Uh, I say, God, help me. Lord, help me. I'll just start saying, Jesus, help me. Lord, don't let me be tempted. Lord, your will be done. Oh, Lord, help me. You know, I'll just do that. I'm not too proud to do that. You know what? That's effective because when you bring God in the picture, that scripture becomes true life. And now all of a sudden you're not going to be tempted above what you can stand because God said it. Now, if, if, if you say, oh, I'm enjoying this. Oh, let me flirt with this temptation. Let me go near this temptation. Guess what? God will say, so what? So be it. So be it. My hands are off. Go ahead and do it. God didn't stop Adam. He won't stop you. Right? And here is the crux of it that we're going to get through on um, the next little bit as we wrap up this episode. And we've got a few minutes here, but here's the crux of it. It comes down to belief. Okay. It comes down to belief. Um, you know, 
we are, the Bible calls us over and over again to fear God, right? To fear God, to follow his commandments. It's what it boils down to, right? Fear the Lord. And if we fear God in a true biblical sense, we believe in him. Amen. We believe in God and we are justified by faith. Abraham was justified by faith. Abraham was far from perfect. Amen. He lied multiple times. Amen. He, you know, was involved in this situation to have the child that wasn't the promised child. Amen. Uh, Ishmael, you know, he did. He, Abraham was far from perfect, but he's righteous in God's sight because he was justified by believing. God said, go over here, go to Canaan land and leave your pagan parents behind. And Abraham says, okay. And he goes and guess what? He gets to Canaan and there's a famine, but he believed he went. God says, okay, you're justified by faith. God says, you're going to be 100, you're going to have a kid. Now, I don't know what it's like at 100 to have a kid, but I'm 44 and I, I'm, I, my wife and I debate if we could have another one. It'd be kind of challenging. And I don't mean just even having the kid, but just, you know, having a kid, like raising a kid. Amen. I've got gray hairs. I've got gray hairs to show what it's like to try to raise these kids. Abraham's 100 and God says, you're going to do it. You're going to have a kid. You and Sarah, you're going to have a child. The promised child. Amen. And what was that about? That was about belief, having faith. There's a lot of dialogue in there where the angels who are a picture of God saying, Sarah, why are you laughing? You know, I mean, and, and it's, it's funny because they had the promised child, Isaac, which means laughter. It means laughter. So they named the child after laughter because Sarah was laughing because she was like, how could that be? But that's all God wants us to do is believe. And if we believe, it informs our behavior. And our behavior will then tell us that we are to go away from sin. We will walk in the spirit. Therefore, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh because our behavior is informed by our belief, which is strong in the Lord. And the Bible says to increase your faith, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So the more that we're in the word of God, the stronger our faith faith gets, and it's a fruitful cycle. That's a fruitful cycle. We read the word, we study the word, we saturate ourselves in God's word all day, every day. And guess what? We're strong in temptation because God didn't tell Adam to leave the garden where the temptation was. He said, dress it and keep it. So as we go to work or school and as we're around all these sinful temptations, God's saying, you be there strong in me and I will help you overcome it. But it comes down to faith. If you believe, if you truly believe, that will inform your behavior. And conversely, if you don't, then there you have it. You fall into sin. It comes down to belief. All right. Tune in next time. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow. Same time, same place.